after a 19-month absence, New Japan Pro Wrestling is returning for the first time in front of American Live audience. The show is called Resurgence, and it takes place at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum on August 14th. Tickets go on sale June 30th. I'm Ryan Joy, and I run MinutesToBellTime.com, a website and database tracking pro wrestling from around the world. On today's show, we're talking about Resurgence. New Japan has announced some multi-company stars, and while that's all good, we do have some issues with the event. We also have headlines in the last 24 hours. Travis Severance is in the house, and this is the Daily Wrestling News Show for June 22nd, 2021, where we sort through all the bullshit in wrestling news to find you the truth. All right, Travis, you're making your resurgence on the Daily Wrestling News Show. I'm back, baby. I'm back. I'm in the house. It's good to be back talking wrestling um, with some fun, fun stuff. So I'm in a good way today. Absolutely. July is going to be the month where everything starts taking off. You got Ring of Honor starting their show with fans. You got Impact starting their show with fans. WWE goes back on the road. AEW goes back on the road. New Japan is coming back in August, and they just announced this on Sunday. And here is the headline. New Japan Pro Wrestling announced on Sunday that they'll perform for the first time in front of a live audience on August 14th. The show is called Resurgence. They've announced the following wrestlers. Juice Robinson, David Finley, Shota Umino, Ren Narita, J.R. Kratos, Chris Dickinson, Brody King, Leo Rush, Fred Roster, Hikaleu, Alex Coughlin, Clark Connors, Carl Fredericks, The Good Brothers, Strong Openweight Champion Tom Lawler, Never Openweight Champion Jay White, IWGP United States Champion John Moxley. No Japanese talent announced as of this time. The show will broadcast live on New Japan World with Japanese commentary and for purchase on Fight TV with English commentary. Tickets go on sale June 30th. The event will take place in Los Angeles at the Memorial Coliseum. So, Travis, all that said, a lot of names. We know them all. No Japanese names in there, and I'm not sure we'll get them because I'm not sure travel is going to open. There's some Japanese names in there. We got Ren Narita, and we got Shooter, and some other people like that. We don't have any of the mainstays is what you're talking about. We don't have anybody that isn't already stateside. Correct. Your Okada's, nope. your Tanahashi's. We don't nope. even have Kojima, who has been here a little bit recently. But the big news here, the news that got you and I both a little ticked off, is this thing about the English commentary. You want to go first? or you should <laughs> I responded to them on their main page in Facebook because I just couldn't help myself. I don't know. Look, New Japan, to be part of their subscription service, is not a ton of money. It works out to be like $9 a month or whatever, but... I kept the subscription service going all through the pandemic, regardless of whether they had any kind of stuff going on whatsoever. They have the other subscription service-esque thing that they have on Roku that they're doing. To have to pay an additional service to listen to English commentary when if I have the streaming service through them, I can listen to Japanese commentary is nonsense. I, I, I love Kevin Collie. I like listening to Chris. I, like, I enjoy Rocky and Gino and all the gang, and I want to hear them all. But if you're going to give the Japanese commentary to the people that are watching it for their $9 a month to move it over to fight to say you got to go through fight to get the English comment, it doesn't feel great. I understand maybe this is them trying to branch out and they've done some fight stuff before. I don't have a problem if they want to move their entire subscription plan over to fight. But don't do me dirty with both sides of this thing where it's, oh, yes, feel free to sit there and watch the Japanese commentary that you can't get subtitled, or you can pay additional money to watch the English commentary. I've never seen them say Wrestle Kingdom will be on New Japan World with 
English commentary only. And if you're Japanese, then you must pay through some other subscription service. So it does feel like a double standard. Absolutely. And if anybody else did this, they would lose their mind. If Vince tried to do this stuff with, oh yeah, Peacock subscribers, you're going to have to get the English commentary for Royal Rumble. And it's going to be over here on Fight, or it's going to be on Bleacher Report, or whatever. Like, it just crazy. You took him on Facebook. You sent him a little message there. I limited myself to 160 characters on Twitter when I replied. So, Oh, very good. You know, I'm sure they're, they're looking at that and saying, okay, Travis and Ryan are mad. I guess they'll just watch it with Japanese commentary. Moving on. Now, look, but, it's, it's not about the money. Don't get me wrong. As soon as the event was announced, the first thing that I did was I looked and priced out plane tickets, and I can get there for about 700 bucks round trip, and I can get a, a, a hotel at USC for 300 bucks for three days total, and I'm not going to sit in the nosebleeds if I go, so that's a couple bucks more. So it's nothing to do with the cost. It's just the double standard of having to go through both of the things and the nonsense of it. And I like Fight. Like I think Fight as an app is great. The thing is that if you're a big New Japan fan, then you've been supporting them this whole time, and they finally put out a show that you're like, okay, then this is the English expansion, this is the American expansion, I'm ready to go, I've already got my New Japan world because I'm a big New Japan fan. Oh, but you just did me dirty. And this is like a this is like the launch to the American audience. Now, I'm positive there's an element of them that's saying, you know what? Plenty of people don't know that there's a subscription ther- service through New Japan. We're going to get a bunch of promotion through the Fight app. People are used to combat sports being there and having that thing front and center. And don't get me wrong, Fight's going to do a better job than trying to find their stuff on Roku is complicated. You have to know what you're looking for. Roku doesn't give them as much publicity as Days of Our Lives or any of the other stuff that they have in there. So I'm positive that the Fight brand itself is going to bring a bunch of eyes to it. And if it's just a one-shot thing, rather than a user trying to go in and subscribe, there's additional metrics that they can get. They can actually try to read, okay, how many people do we pick up? What do we do? It's easier for them to spackle that around versus having a one-time user go, you know what? I don't want to sign up for a recurring subscription. And I'm going to guess that the event is going to be much more than the $9.63 or whatever I pay a month to, to watch it. And those names tell me that automatically. We always talk about the New Japan expansion to other countries, to English-speaking world. And we talked about it when Will Ospreay won the world championship. We talked about it when Kenny Omega was champion. I think it's time that we run it back and talk about what that expansion is. So I have the history here, and I thought I'd bring it out for today. So New Japan started running in the United States in Los Angeles. They had a couple of shows back in the 2017-2018 area. That's the home of their LA dojo, their American dojo where they train. They had a show in the Cow Palace in 2018. It was called the G1 Special. It was headlined by Cody versus Kenny Omega for the championship. In combination with Ring of Honor, New Japan sold out Madison Square Garden for the G1 Supercard in April of 2019. The main event was Okada versus Jay White for the championship. They held the opening night of the G1 Climax in Dallas. That was July 2019. And then after that, they announced their intentions to do a full-blown expansion in the United States. They created a subsidiary company called New Japan Pro Wrestling of America. They announced that in October 2019. Their plans were to have a 17-city approach where they were focusing in five primary regions, the west, the east, the middle, sort of Chicago area, Texas was its own region, and southeast. Now, at the time, they had a deal with Access TV. 
and they no longer have that deal because Axis's parent company, Anthem, purchased Impact. After all of that, New Japan announced Wrestle Dynasty for the summer of 2020, and that event was also to take place at Madison Square Garden. Tickets never went on sale because of the pandemic. So all of those expansion plans that they had just been getting ready to roll out got put on pause. They did manage to get a little loop in Florida going in the beginning part of 2020. And they brought over some Japanese talent. They didn't do very strong ticket sales, but they had big plans to do expansion. And now that the pandemic is winding down, especially in the United States, it feels like this is the resurgence or the momentum to take them forward. Yeah, certain, certainly an aptly named, I'm not going to call it a tour because they haven't announced a tour yet. They're calling this resurgence and over on Strong, the, the wording they're using for the buildup to it is ignition. So that's a theme over on that side of it, which they announced a bunch of cool stuff for that that we'll talk about later as well. Yeah, I'm interested to see what else comes out of this. More than anybody else, it has felt like New Japan has had more stop starts when it comes sure. to things like they had the Grand Slam they announced that they were going to do and the Tokyo Dome shows and all kinds of other stuff. And yep, they were going to blanket the United States with shows and all the big major cities and stuff like that. And they were going to put their, their stamp on the map. Now, it's interesting. If that had happened, I don't know if we'd see the cooperation we're seeing right now. Or maybe we would see more of it. You know, maybe right. they would have done that run and they would have gone through those cities and the numbers wouldn't have been the size that they wanted to. The location that they're doing this in is an interesting one because it's the first the first time they've done this venue. It's a newer music venue in there. So I'm sure the acoustics are going to be great in that area. It's very close to USC. So it's been the center part of Los Angeles and stuff. So there'll be a lot of youth that'll be able to walk over to the show and check that out. It's interesting. Obviously they're taping strong there too. So you've got a bunch of people that are coming over from Japan. So I assume that if they tape a whole pack of episodes for strong, we're going to get to see a lot of people that we don't necessarily get to see on a week-to-week basis because they're just not stateside i think they're going to turn this into a bigger tour but i think that given the amount of issues that they've had with the stuff that they've announced and then not being able to go through it it feels like they're like let's baby step this thing (laughs) let's just announce one thing and then go from there i am surprised though that there hasn't been an Akata or an Ibushi or a, even a Naito or a Tanahashi or anything like that announced so far. Maybe they're trying to get the English speakers out in front to use them to promote. My challenge with that is while all those guys are good talent, I'm not sure what it does for your brand expansion. I, I think if Osprey was still champion, they would have announced him right along with the announcement sure, or, or any other English speaking guy that they have. So not having that in their back pocket, you know, that probably prevents them from doing that. But I, I do think you're right. They've got to they've got to announce somebody. They should probably give Tom Lawler a Japanese opponent. Absolutely. And uh, to establish that belt, because right now he has beaten all the guys on strong, but all the guys on strong really aren't lighting the world on fire. Not to say they're not great because sure. there are some great ones, but. Tom Lawler needs to establish himself in the eyes of the Japanese crowd too, because a big portion of the people that are going to watch this show are going to be people that are interested in what new Japan is doing globally. Yeah. So, and I think a lot of that build for those people too, is l- largely 
been an issue based on their timing. We talked about it with going going through and watching AEW after SmackDown. You're exhausted. It's Friday night. It's 10 o'clock. Now on top of that, Strong's competing with an AEW show as well. Now, I'm pretty sure that the reason why they positioned that show in that way is you've got a West Coast audience that they're trying to cater to. I think they're trying smartly to, to, to build West to East. Mm-hmm. I think the challenge that they're going to run into is this. The West Coast has never been wrestling in America. Um, they're difficult draws out there. But when you're talking territory days, you're talking about Mid-South, you're talking about the, 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 the Rust Belt, you're talking about up North, you're talking about Canada. And it's all that East Coast stuff. San Francisco if you're in California. Correct, correct. Versus LA, which is where they're going to run this show. You have to go way over to Minnesota, where Vern Gagne was and AWA and stuff, to really start to see the roots of wrestling. And it's more of an indoor kind of sport. Now, if you go south, obviously Mexico, Central America, all kinds of lucha stuff down there. But they're used to doing outdoor venues and stuff like that. And just West Coast, other than the big WWE events and stuff like that, I guess they did bar wrestling was taped out there. And Pro Wrestling Guerrilla was probably out there as well, but not a lot. It does feel like to me they're trying to establish that West Coast over, and hopefully it's successful. They're probably also looking at Florida as being exhausted, like the Florida base of fans. They didn't draw particularly well when they went to Florida. I, un- unfortunately, it's just it's too bad, but the Florida fans didn't come out for them. I think part of what they struggle with a little bit with that is they don't have a lot of Latin wrestlers. And yeah. a lot of the Florida crowd wants to see Latin wrestlers and they want to see that style. And the style, the Japanese strong style is almost the exact opposite. It's a rock to their scissors. And the other thing is New Japan still has a little bit of an indie feel to it. And when you're in Florida, sorry to say, but you can spend 15 bucks to go sit front row at probably 12 different shows on any Friday night. And New Japan was selling regular ticket prices for front row. So you're paying hundreds of dollars. So yeah. you're yeah. trying to go into a market that's has unlimited amounts of talent and unlimited amounts of entertainment for one-tenth the cost. You're going to struggle in there unless you're a little bit more established and stuff. Fast forward a year from now, they could probably put a big show down in Florida and they draw really well if they grow that. But they have some mass wrestlers and stuff like that, but their style is definitely New Japan style versus what they're, that audience is a little bit more familiar with or excited to see. So, New Japan, give us some English commentary on New Japan World. We'll all be happy. Otherwise, good luck with your show. (laughs) I don't know what Kevin Kelly's going to have to say. I'll be watching it in Japanese commentary. There you go. All right. We have a whole bunch of stuff coming up after the break, including probably the most newsworthy edition of Monday Night Raw that we've ever had in the history of covering it on Tuesday mornings for the Daily Wrestling News Show. So uh, stick with us. We'll be right back. If you love the Daily Wrestling News Show, then I want to tell you how you can support us. First, check out BodySlamClothes.com. You can get a variety of shirts for just $20, and all of them come in the super soft style, and the price includes all sizes and shipping. Get 10% off two or more shirts with the promo code SHIRTS10. Go to BodySlamClothes.com right now to check it out. And join Joey Jarzanka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca on Friday nights for the prime time. They take you through the world of sports. The show kicks off at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And each Tuesday, Al Carl hosts the Essential Wrestling Podcast alongside John Smith, myself, John DeConi, and Gary Mahaffey. It's another week of updates and highlights in the world of wrestling. Here are our analysis on who we think is going to win the week's matches. Coverage begins at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. 
and Pro Wrestling Pick'em. It's a place where you can join or host a Pick'em League to test your predictive skills in the world of pro wrestling. Create an account and join a league now at ProWrestlingPick'em.com so you can play against your friends or play against the universe. And the Body Slam Brigade newsletter, currently going out to over 4,200 people each Friday. It consolidates all the top stories in professional wrestling into a quick-to-read email written by me for you for free. Sign up now at BodySlamBrigade.com. And of course, this show, the Daily Wrestling News Show. We're here every day, Monday through Thursday, and occasionally on Friday. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or watch us live on Facebook and YouTube at 10 a.m. This is the Daily Wrestling News Show, and we thank you for your support. Headline section of the show. And uh, Travis, I don't know if you did. I did not watch this morning's New Japan show, but they did have a never open weight six man tag team championship match. Chaos again defending against the Bullet yes. Club job squad, if you will. <laughs> Dick Togo, uh, Yujiro Tagahashi, and Evil. The match went over 30 minutes because that's what New Japan does now. 32 minutes, three seconds, uh, the champions retained. Yeah, go figure. I think we called that one two weeks ago when they made the announcement of that match. But yeah, nope, I did not get up at six o'clock or whatever to watch it. And I was drinking my coffee this morning and went over to the diner across the street. Nope, I didn't watch that show to watch the scramble match. I'm sure it was a good match. I know I was ragging out in a little bit, but whenever you put Goto and Ishii, you know, that's going to be a good match. Because if Dick Togo doesn't cooperate, Ishii will drop him on his head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's going to be a good match. But Absolutely. So Monday Night Raw last night, as I mentioned, it was pretty newsworthy. They had a Hell in a Cell match with Xavier Woods wrestling Bobby Lashley in the main event. And it ended similar to the Roman Reigns and Rey Mysterio match, where we're just going to put Xavier Woods in the Hurt Lock to close the show, similar to Rey Mysterio being put in the guillotine to close the show. Let's grab the biggest guy on our locker room and have him go after almost the smallest guy in the locker room in a Hell in a Cell match. Right. Now that's all to build for the Kofi Kingston title match that he's going to get at Money in the Bank on July 18th. The first pay-per-view event with fans, Bobby defends against Kofi. What do you think of that as your WWE Championship match for the first one with fans? I think it's a good choice. I think Kofi always gets a good crowd pop, and he's going to do something we hold out for him to be spectacular in the match. I think it gives Bobby a good quality win going into SummerSlam, which will be just some kind of a massive match. We've heard the different rumors of who could be coming back for that. I think it's a nice, safe match to have for that show. Yeah. Yeah, I think, it, like you mentioned, it'd probably be a good win for him. I'm certainly going to pick Bobby, but I'll certainly pop huge if Kofi were to win and Brock Lesnar returns and it's Kofi's revenge or something, you know? We, we, we could see it. So anything is possible. We also learned Charlotte Flair is going to be facing Rhea Ripley for the Raw Championship again. This is going to be uh, WrestleMania Backlash, Hell in a Cell Backlash, said by Money in the Bank. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Asuka qualified for the Money in the Bank match, so she's going to attempt becoming a two-time, two-in-a-row consecutive Money in the Bank winner, she's also going to be in there with Alexa Bliss, Naomi, and Nikki the Spark Cross. Nikki Cross is now uh, donned the cape, donned the mask. She's a bird. She's a plane. She's Nikki Cross. She's a butterfly-ish character. Based on what I'm reading between the lines on Twitter, based on what her husband is saying, Killian Dane, this was Nikki's deal. 
this is something that she created in her head and she's i think i can pull it off and she was allowed the rope to try so i applaud her for trying something different because up to this point she's been alexa's friend or the crazy girl and i think she thought she had more range and here you go. So she's trying something. I applaud her. If anybody's going to make it work, it's going to be her. Honestly, on a show with hypnotism, fireballs, and zombies, does it matter that she's flying around in a butterfly cape? Absolutely well, not. When you put it like that, we certainly need a superhero on the show. Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> I think you run heaven and hell, her and Alexa, all over the place. <laughs> Forces of good versus evil. Yes. Think of the promos. We have four more entrants, presumably coming from the SmackDown side of things, that will be in Money in the Bank. Uh Piper Niven was on the show again last night. They did Ooh. announce her as Dewdrop. At least that's how Eva Marie introduced her, but that didn't seem to be a name that Piper was welcoming. So at least they're building in the fact that Piper is annoyed at Eva Marie for giving her the shaft. Yeah, and it seems like the alliance is over already. Hopefully they do drop that name as quickly mm. as they did drop Eva Marie in four seconds in the ring into a pin. True. Amazing build, months of a build, promos, specific cinematics, evolution. She gets through the ring. She's pinned in four seconds. That was her return. BJ chiming in to say, Piper was mouthing that her name was Piper when Eva Marie named her Dewdrop. Hopefully everything gets reset. And when the commentators hear that's Piper Niven, they something sparks and they remember. And all of a sudden they know the full history of Piper Niven. They just... Commentary still seem cool. It's probably because that when you watch the Daily Wrestling News show on Facebook and YouTube, we have these little name tags at the bottom and it tells you who uh, they are. And so if you're watching, you never need to question. I make a point of introducing the guest when I come for the audio listeners. Now on Raw, they're watching a little video screen. And if the name's not there when the person walks out, they're not going to know who it is, whether okay. they've seen him a million times or never. That's why they have the sidebars that give you the credibility yes. for the people. Yes, little, little tidbits on the side. They didn't have that Piper Niven with all the credentials that we talked about last week. <laughs> Still a mystery. Apparently it's Dewdrop. Evolution is a mystery. On the men's side of the thing, we have three names of the men, money in the bank. We have Ricochet, John Morrison, and Riddle. And if that's not lighting the world on fire for you, they are doing a second chance Money in the Bank qualifying match next week with all the people that they beat last night. And that's AJ Styles, Drew McIntyre, and Randy Orton. So guys you might have heard of. So like the sad part about this to me is my biggest concern. So Money in the Bank, like pre-Otis winning Money in the Bank, always felt to me like it was better it almost felt better than like the guy who'd won the intercontinental belt that we were all hoping to win the intercontinental belt. And they got it like the big E thing recently. My concern right now though, is so they got three guys that are like guys that a lot of people feel, Oh, you know what? These guys should get more of a push. I'd love to see more out of them. Ricochet, somebody that's been buried. You got riddle. Who's obviously had a decent run since he's come in from NXT and uh, John Morrison, who, like he's been a clown ever since he came back from rumble. So it's okay. I don't think we're going to have this paid off though. I think we're going to end up with Drew's in there and a bunch of these guys that you'd like to see in the spotlight where the match was built around to make their star shine. I don't think that's what we're going to get. And we saw some of that in that follow-up segment where we've got Seamus and ginger that are going to get like, I just see more beatings to come. 
Well, I'll be interested to see who makes it from the SmackDown side of things because Roman really needs that person walking around with the briefcase that could somehow surprise him. Bobby, yes, it, it would work on Raw as well. Roman feels unstoppable. Bobby is very dominant, but Roman feels unstoppable. So if you give somebody the Money in the Bank briefcase on SmackDown, that's interesting. It is nice to see a guy like Ricochet and John Morrison and to a lesser extent Matt Riddle in this match because the Money in the Bank is typically a car crash. Mm-hmm. So also, in addition to the second chance Money in the Bank qualifying match next week, we do have Riker versus Elias in a strap match. They have pre-advertised your bathroom break. Mm-hmm. Okay, Al Carl calling it now. One of the Usos wins Money in the Bank. All right, interesting. Here's an interesting topic. It's also Monday Night Raw related, but it's also NXT related. Main Event is a show that you may not have heard of since it left Saturdays in the 80s. But Main Event is a show that WWE does for Hulu exclusively. And on this week's Main Event, it will be Karrion Cross versus Shelton Benjamin and Bronson Reed versus Drew Gulak. This is the first time any NXT talent has made that show. So, Travis, as I've been advertising to you for several weeks, it might be the best WWE show that they put out each week. I think it probably is, because it just, as you've told me, covers the basics of what happened on Raw, the basics of what happened on SmackDown, and then it's got a couple of nice matches built in there on Hulu, and it's free if you're watching it on your computer. It sounds amazing to me. Because if I could watch snippets of Raw with just the greatest hits or whatever they decide is the greatest hits, and the same thing with Smack, lucky. Yeah. And they cut out the middle part. And competitive, too. Yeah. So heading back to the Elias and Riker strap match, I am reminded by BJ Pavanka that we did have plenty of ways that we could think of for Elias to still get counted out in this match. He would have to use a flamethrower. You had some other ideas, too. He's going to have to work on his fireball stuff. We could use the spikes. A zombie could bite the strap off. It could be anything. He could walk with Elias right out of the arena. There you Um, go. As we're winding down the last of these Thunderdome shows, they've got a lot of opportunity. If they're going to do some magic stuff for Alexa Bliss, man, they got to do that, right? Nope. Live arena. Have her throwing fireballs and stuff. Mm. Hobby horse showing up. So Mojo Raleigh, recently released Mojo Raleigh, is going to be in the new G.I. Joe film. So it's good to see Mojo's getting some work. I'm not sure if that was filmed while he was still under contract or not. There you go. AEW announced that the August 11th episode of Dynamite will take place in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, along with the debut episode of Rampage on August 13th. Britt Baker heavily featured in the marketing material because it is Britsburg after all. Yeah, it's going to be tough to book her not face in that arena. And it's two days apart or whatever, 11th and the 13th yeah. or yep. something. Pittsburgh's not exciting enough for me to make a three-day trip. Ooh. Dynamite good. is this week. It's on Saturday. And surprisingly, this is uncharacteristic for AEW, but they only have announced two matches. Will Hobbs versus Hangman Page, Jungle Boy versus Kenny Omega for the championship. They seem to have set up a lot of things, but they also have that June 30th show, which is coming like right afterwards. Yeah. Jungle Boy, Kenny Omega, who knows? Maybe that's going to be our big swerve for our patiently waiting for Friday night. I actually hate the fact that the match is going to be on Friday night because Saturday 
or on Saturday. I, I wish it was on normal Wednesday night when they did that match, because then I could see them actually doing a title change. And not, there's no chance at this point, which made that entire battle where may have cost us Leo Rush's career in wrestling or not. Yes, yeah, so it'll be so it'll be this Saturday at 8 p.m. Hopefully they fill out that card. It seems like they were teasing FTR and Santana and Ortiz. Maybe they're going to slow burn that all the way to the pay-per-view, but I oh. thought they might put that on this show. Yeah, I'd like to see that match for sure. Mm-hmm. In Ring of Honor news, they are doing a pure wrestling gauntlet on their YouTube channel this Thursday. So Nice. That was by fan request, by the way. They have a... Ring of Honor has their own Facebook group, and I guess fans were clamoring for another Pure Rules Gauntlet match. We have NXT lineup for tonight. We have Kyle O'Reilly versus Kushida. Adam Cole is in action. Encore presentation of Frankie Monet's global premiere. And the Diamond Mine opens. Any thoughts on what the Diamond Mine is? Wrong. Uh, is that where they got the stuff for the million dollar belt? This is this a Ted DiBiase creation? Where are we going with this? Okay, I don't know. Something. Yeah, I don't know. I've heard some positive stuff coming out of the Performance Center with regard to the latest batch of recruits being pretty solid and a little more polished coming in, which I guess makes sense now that they're not getting guys and girls as raw as they were before. I don't have a great guess for it. I think Tessa Blanchard is an easy call, but I don't think it's the right one. Um, They've certainly dragged this thing out for a while at this point. Yeah, they first set these commercials way back, a couple months back now. It, it seems to be something MMA-related, maybe a blood sport type of thing for WWE. Yeah. We'll see tonight. Yep. And hopefully they've got a signature talent behind that. And I hope maybe it's somebody we've heard of, maybe it's not. So. We'll maybe see. Just... so I know New Japan Strong announced their uh, tag team turmoil yes. card. Um Pretty exciting. Good Brothers is in action in, in New Japan again. So those brackets are pretty nice. The New Japan Strong, you got Carl Fredericks, Tom Lawler headlining that with the belt on the line there. And then the bottom, the opener, is actually two of the tag teams that are in tag team turmoil against each other, but they're on opposite sides of the bracket. So I'm willing to wager that we don't see those two teams in the finals against each other. So it looks a decent New New Japan Strong show. I usually watch it Saturday morning just because it's easier on my timeline. I'll throw my coffee on or my bowl of cereal and and watch it. It's still good wrestling and stuff like that. Carl Fredericks is really good. Yeah. In that tournament, we have Brody King and Chris Dickinson. That's a heck of a team. J.R. Kratos and Danny Limelight. Those are consistently paired together. Jarrell Nelson and Royce Isaacs was a member of Nick Aldis's group on NWA Power until basically the shutdown and then he left. But he's been tagging with Jarrell Nelson on AW Dark, so that's somebody that you can see. Clark Connors and TJP, they're teaming up. Carl Anderson, Doc Gallows will probably eliminate them in the first round, though. I don't know. There's a chance it goes the other way. Clark Connors is the face guy that they're trying to build up on strong. So I think it's interesting. And then Gallows and Anderson can get out of there. <laughs> Gallows and Anderson are going to be in, at the uh, resurgence event. Yeah. TJP has not been advertised for the resurgence event. So Leo rush also advertised for the resurgence event. And I believe he can't wrestle. So <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. So maybe he'll be there signing autographs or doing some music producing. He is actually advertised uh, MCW, which was my, the local that I used to attend when I lived in Maryland. They just announced that they're coming back. And they also advertised Leo Rush because he's their current television oh. champion. So he's going to come relinquish the belt, sign autographs and stuff. 
and whatnot. So we've covered the world of wrestling. We have sorted through the bullshit. This has been the Daily Wrestling News Show for Travis. I'm Ryan. We'll see you tomorrow.